Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and uh, today we've got a couple things to talk about. Really, one major story, which which is pretty big and rocking the place, and then a follow up to a little bit of a story we did a couple weeks ago. But uh, so first, we're gonna start with the big story. Uh, this one came across my desk. Uh, reading a little bit about the last couple days. Basically, uh, David Cage and Quantic Dream. Quantic Dream is the studio that does games like Heavy. They did Heavy Rain. They did Beyond Two Souls. And they're currently working on Detroit Become Human. They also did uh, Fahrenheit, which in the U.S. was known as Indigo Prophecy. So they make, uh, I guess, what you would call um, cinematic experiences. And uh, anyway, so I've always liked their games, I suppose. Uh, Heavy Rain's probably my favorite. Uh, and then uh, Beyond Two Souls, I thought, was was a good story. But you really couldn't affect the story. It was the most game they've ever made that was like watching a movie. So, so it's whatever. Uh, and so David Cage and Quantic Dream are shocked because there were allegations of an unhealthy studio culture uh, at Quantic Dream. So uh, there were reports from three different French-language publications that portrayed Quantic Dream, the developer of Detroit Becoming Human, that's their new one, as a hostile workplace rife with racist and sexist humor. Uh, now, David Cage uh, is essentially the studio's founder. He is 100% disputing this, of course, uh, saying no such thing as a thing. Uh, now, the accusations are coming in. Uh, there is, let's see here, um, there's a report published in Le Monde. Uh, the Parisian newspaper of record Mediapart, an investigative journal founded by a former editor of Le Monde, and Canard PC, a bi-monthly magazine for PC gaming culture and news. So Eurogamer actually translated and reported on them, and that's kind of what broke this all open. So the stories accuse uh, two people, David Cage, and then executive producer, I'm going to destroy this guy's name because it's it's French, but I'm going to say Guillemot de Fondomé. <laughs> of either tolerating or neglecting or excuse me negligently managing a workplace riven by inappropriate humor Lamont's report centers on a cache of 600 altered images called homophobic and sexist by those who saw them and that they were brought to david cage's attention after an employee discovered they had been put in one so basically there was a complaint because an employee noticed he was in one of the pictures um the report includes some of the images in one David Cage's face was placed on that of a male stripper holding a power tool with a sex toy for an attachment. <laughs> I don't mean to like, I'm not trying to laugh about, obviously, if you're in a hostile work environment that's full of sexism and racism, like that's not funny. But some of the examples here, and I'll give you kind of my, my take on it more once we get through this, but like that's what I'm laughing at is just kind of the ridiculousness of what was actually there. Uh, Lamont's report says that David Cage and, uh, let's see, De Fondomier, let's, well, what's his first name again? Guillemot. Uh, let's call him Guile, because it kind of looks like Guile from Street Fighter. So it's David Cage and the executive producer Guile <laughs> said that they had not, they had not known of the worst images until they were brought to their attention. Other employees alleged that some of the images had been printed out and displayed around the Quantic Dream offices. David Cage was also accused of making a racist comment to an employee after viewing security camera footage of a burglary. And Guile was alleged to have forced himself on staff at company social events, among other sexual misconduct. Uh, misconduct. So that's obviously getting a little more serious now. Now, you know, we went from having a, a like, gr you know, 
lewd pictures and like funny quote unquote sexual pictures on a wall to someone forcing themselves on staff at social events. So that we've obviously kind of escalated here. Uh, Guile flatly denies the allegations. He says this is absolutely false. On no evening did any of that happen. So he very firmly, boom, did not happen. David Cage calls the allegations ridiculous, absurd, and grotesque and went on to invoke notable relationship. <laughs> he went on to invoke notable relationships as proof he does not tolerate racism or sexism in the worst place. So this is uh, this is what you call um, putting your foot in your mouth, right? So, So David Cage basically goes, you know what? You know how ridiculous this is? I can't be sexist or racist or homophobic because I worked with Ellen Page. She was the star of Beyond Two Souls. Uh, and she fights for LGBT rights, <laughs> he told them. Uh, so he's basically saying like, well, I can't be racist. I have a black friend, I guess is the best way to say it. And that's like the worst excuse you could make. Like, it, it's just not good. Like, you don't, you don't start name dropping to try to prove your innocence, right? It just almost makes it sound like you made those relationships just so that you'd have like this, this bulletproof vest to be like, no, 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 I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, like homophobic because I got a gay friend and he's a nice guy, you know, <laughs> like they always used to joke around, uh, you know, you'd watch like some old movies or movies depicting old times when you've got like, you know, someone has like maybe a black servant uh, during slavery times or, or whatever it is. And they'll make a comment about, Oh, you're one, you're one of the good ones, you know, somehow insinuating that all are bad. But the one that I like that I, 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 I like, and I, I have a good relationship with, they're one of the good ones as if there's some sort of finite number of good ones, you know, and it's incredibly, incredibly insulting, I think. Uh, but obviously something stupid, you don't say that. And he said it and what an idiot. Um, he says, you want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the United States. Uh, which I, I uh, Williams is another one of the actors in the new game called Detroit Becoming Human. Uh, he, so basically what he's saying is, I'm not racist because I work with people who fight against racism. Right, so David Cage is just totally shooting himself in the foot here. Like he should have gave up and shut up a long time ago on this. But he doesn't. And um, so there's that. Uh... Let's see here. Uh, this is what he says. He says, judge my work. Williams is an actor in Detroit Becoming Human. He's also on the board of directors of the Advancement Project, an advocacy organization devoted to racial justice issues. So David Cage isn't on the board of directors for the Advancement Project, but he works with a guy who is. So by David Cage's logic, by, you know, Coral, you know, by he's just happens to be a, a not racist by association. Uh, so... Now, one of the things that I, I don't like about this article is that one of the things Lamont's report was touching on was that there was an earlier controversy surrounding David Cage and Quantic Dream. There's a scene in the new game, Detroit Becoming Human, that involves domestic violence. It was part of the trailer. Um, apparently, the employees tried to warn David Cage of the objectable nature of the scene, objectionable nature of the scene, excuse me. Uh, Cage, they said, ignored their concerns. So now other accounts depict Quantic Dream as suffering from the kind of work overlord, overload <laughs> and overlord, I guess, long hours and pay irregularities that have been alleged at other top flight game studios over the years. Large turnover episodes going back to 2015 are said to be a, a symptomatic of a tense and autocratic workplace. Uh, Le Mans report says that Quantic Dream staff of 180 is 83% male. 
Uh, Cage, who met with journalists from Le Mans, told the newspaper that the studio is not a rugby locker room. So he's trying to say that, like, it's not a boys club. It's not like some rowdy, you know, guy sexist sort of thing. Current and former employees acknowledge that the studio is known for a very informal workplace culture, which supporters say is meant to be good natures and others say veers in the inappropriate. So what it sounds like here is and I have an update and an official statement from Quantic I'm going to read in a minute. So what this basically is saying here is that most people are accusing the studio of being a quote-unquote casual workplace which is how the people that see it in a positive life say it. they like they like the idea that it's not super uptight you can be loose with your humor and you're not going to get in trouble for being maybe lewd or maybe being vulgar and stuff like that which so i've obviously never worked in AAA game development i'm not going to pretend to but i read a lot about uh, i read a lot from developers i i know a lot about the industry I, i've talked to a lot of game developers uh and it's interesting to talk about burnout in this industry and it's very very serious so i think when you have people that are that are you know that burn out at a high rate you try to make an environment that's very welcoming to the majority of your staff and i say the majority because we are they are 83 percent male so if you've got you know, a handful of your uh, of your employees are female, you're going to cater to the, the majority. And if the majority wants a relaxed workplace where they can be themselves freely at work, then that's what they're going to cater to. And I think that's what they've done. Now, personally, uh, I run a store, uh, my store, you know, I jokingly, it's not but like, it's it's only four people. But we're technically 75% male. It's me, Dave and Dom. And then we have Michaela as our fourth employee. So, but I will tell you that it's up to the person who runs that company to decide what environment they want to have. Me, uh, I've always considered myself, I, I always jokingly said when I hired people at GameStop way back when, I said, uh, mature is never really a word I like to describe myself, but I am a professional. And, and, and that's how I, I would approach something like this. To me, it's not professional. You can have a loose working environment, a relaxing working environment without having the vulgarity and all this. It sounds like David Cage finds things like this funny. He likes photoshopping lewd pictures. And and I'm not saying that I don't. I actually do. But I make sure that that's not something that's involved in the workplace. I do feel like there comes a time you need to separate. And I'm a business owner. I could do whatever I want. I could put whatever I wanted up to in my store because it's my store. But there comes a point where, one, it's not good for business, whether your employees aren't happy or, in my case, customers wouldn't be happy. But if it's not that, then it comes down to just uh, not like how, how you want to be viewed by, you know, by the outside. And I want to be viewed as a professional. That's what I prefer. Now, clearly David Cage, he likes to have a good time. He likes to joke around, but he likes to incorporate that into his work. Now, I don't think any of us are allowed to say you can't do that, but obviously you're going to get in trouble for it. And things like this are going to come up. I mean, this is exactly what happens when you breed that sort of environment. Now, they said that they didn't see the worst of the worst. And I could believe some of that. I could believe that there were 600 images and they hadn't seen them all. But they knew that stuff like this was happening and they thought it was no big deal. Now, it seemed like when an employee complained that they were in one of them, it was brought to their attention. They probably removed the one that was in that that employee was in and then made a mental note to say, well, you know what? This this guy doesn't really joke the way we joke. So don't don't joke about him. We'll just joke about other people. But eventually, when other people realize that you can do that and not get joked about, most people don't, I think, want to get joked about this way. So I, I don't really think, I really think a lot of people are calling for like the studio to be like, you know, 
ban them and don't buy their products. That I think is mental, but I do believe that they're an inappropriate workplace. And, and I, I think that they will suffer in hiring when it comes to that. But as we all know, in game design right now and in game creation, there's a million people applying for those jobs. So it's, it's almost like you're stuck to having to deal with stuff like that. If you want to, if you want to work there and, and, and you should never have to feel that way. Um, but I also feel like it is up to that company to now it's, it'd be different if it was like, you know, Sony or whatever. And they came out and said, you know, we have HR policies in place where you can't do stuff like this and you're breaking the rules. You're out of here for breaking the rules and they should be fired. But if the guy who makes the rules allows this to happen and makes it okay, then there's not really much you can do except not work there. And, and it sucks, but you know, I, I think he has the right to create that environment if he wants to, but then the people who are offended by that, that work there also have a right to complain and they have a right to quit and they have a right to, if they feel like it's harassment or out of bounds, they have a right to bring that up. Um, so, uh, and then lastly about the racist comment, uh, I wanted to touch on that real quick cause I don't feel like that's racist. I think often too many things are, they slap the racist name on it right away. And it's, you know, cause basically what it was, was, uh, the racist comment was to an employee after viewing security camera footage of a burglary. So that one basically was, it was a man from Tunisia. So, and then the person who was, you know, who was on the security footage was dark skinned. So he basically looked at that person and said, Hey, you know, do you know this guy, uh, insinuating that, that all people of one ethnicity would know each other. Is that like, I guess I would go as far to say that's racially insensitive. Like that's a really poor, in poor taste of a joke. But does that prove that he's a racist and that he hates people based on their race? Absolutely not. So let's, let's like plant that flag, like right there. Let's draw that line right there. Uh, but it is still an interesting take, I guess, on, on how we kind of view things like this. And again, it's his environment and that employee can walk if they want to walk. Um, so then getting, now this update came yesterday. So there's an official statement because the story was really picking up steam over the weekend. So it's an official statement, Quantic Dream. Uh, here's what they said, quote, articles published today level various allegations against Quantic Dream, its management and employees. We categorically deny all of these allegations. Quantum Quantic Dream filed a complaint several months ago and further complaints will follow. We invite interested parties to read the response of our employee representatives and health and security committee to questions submitted by the journalists prior to publication. Inappropriate conduct or practices have no place at Quantic Dream. We have taken and will always take such grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Quantic Dream. It is of the utmost importance to us that we maintain a safe environment that allows us to channel our shared passion for making video games. End quote. So that's pretty corporate, cut and dry. We don't want to get in trouble. You know, that's covering our butts from a lawsuit. So, you know, I was saying that I do believe that he allowed that environment to take place, and I do. But I think to him, he feels like he's gotten to a level where he's been in the industry for so long, like he's earned that right, you know, to have control over his own studio. Now, part of what bothers me about some of this stuff is that later on, um, there were a lot of people complaining, not just... Um, like, like, here's a little bit more. The most shocking images present Quantic Dreams collaborators in sexual positions adorned with homophobic or sexist slurs. Obviously, that's inappropriate or even made up to look like Nazis. So I don't I don't I mean, obviously, without the pictures, you know, without the context, I can't, you know, but if it's if it's like a, a group of Nazis and then someone put like, 
you know, the head of the company's head on one of the Nazis, that might be their way. That might actually be like their way of saying, look, this guy's a ball buster. This guy is really hard on us. Now, is it again, culturally insensitive? Yes. Is it like racist, racist, you know, and obviously I don't know what the homophobic slurs are. Um, but obviously that's never appropriate and that's never okay. Um, sexist slurs. I don't really, I don't know. I don't know what they would mean by sexist slurs, I guess. I mean, homophobic slurs, obviously they're referring to certain words, but I'm not sure what you'd mean by sexist slurs, but you know, um, now, uh, David Cage was also accused of a lack of consideration for female colleagues and of making insistent, dirty jokes, smutty remarks in the presence of his wife and inappropriate remarks about actresses in his game. Now, one thing you might remember if not, I'll refresh you here, is that there was some controversy because Ellen Page was in Beyond Two Souls and there's a shower scene. Well, they mo-capped all of her, but she was never naked. However, for the game, they actually did fully nude model her character in the game. So it wasn't based off of her because they didn't see her naked. They just built basically a naked body underneath what they probably thought she would be. And then, of course... There were people who, using hacked consoles, were like able to get into like an open, like to free the camera during that scene. And they saw that's how you reveal that the full nudity was in the game. And I remember Ellen Page was really pissed off about that. And there was an issue. So now you could argue if it was never going to make it in the game. Like I, I can get both angles from a, from an artistic standpoint. You don't want to not model the whole thing in case through some cutscene you want to get a certain angle and then you can't see something. So I understand that. But I also think. You know, obviously here it accuses him of making like these, you know, inappropriate remarks about the actresses in his game. You know, who knows why they went on to do that. Um, now, this is this is a former employee's quote, quote, David Cage has a very particular viewpoint on how he runs his studio, which in his own world he sees as a private or semi-private space, said one former employee. He feels he has the right to say whatever he wants. It's his place, end quote. Which again, uh, he's the head of the studio. Like I think he could feel that way, and I think he's allowed to feel that way. Except people are also allowed not to work there, and to and and writers and 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 uh, news people are allowed to write an article saying, "I don't want anything to do with this guy because he's a pile," uh, and that we can talk trash about a studio if that's what's actually happening. Um, so now one of these things had to be cleared up because we talked a little bit about how his buddy Guile was accused of quote unquote pushing kisses on staff at parties but he uh he want but the translation was incorrect according to him and he wanted to clarify that so the accusation revolves around the common french greeting of air kissing when two people meet uh so guile is accused of making more contact with his kisses that is considered appropriate so now he also went on to say he does categorically refute all those allegations in particular hitting on staff so again we don't know we weren't there but if if he's again he was the one who had the most uh like i would say the most shocking accusation which was that he was forcing himself on people well when he corrected the original translation of those articles he said it was it wasn't that he was pushing kisses on staff but that when he was doing the air kisses he was getting too close i guess there's probably like an it's kind of like a handshake like when you handshake somebody there's an appropriate way like there's you know there's a creepy way to hug somebody there's a creepy way to to push kisses on or uh, to uh, air kiss, I guess. And it's something that we don't know much about unless you hobnob in Hollywood or in New York, or if you live in France, uh, I don't, I've never, uh, <laughs> I've never done an air kiss before. So I'm sure if I ever tried one, I'd probably screw it up. Uh, obviously this guy's French. He shouldn't screw it up, but 
you know, I don't know if he did uh, force himself on people completely inappropriate and he should be uh, removed from that studio uh, to protect other people that are there. I do believe that. Um, so, you know, it's kind of weird, but I, I here's what I really think. I really think that this studio was playing fast and loose with what it found was appropriate. I think David Cage thinks stuff like this is funny. He likes working in a place where they can joke around with each other. But as they got larger and larger, he kept acting the same way. And when you have 180 employees, you have to really get your head out of your ass, I think, and really realize that there's so many different personalities and so many different cultural backgrounds and so many different interests and things that will be offended to that you need to be more professional than that. And I guess with him having a good work ethic and him pushing really hard to make a quality product, I would respect his work ethic, but I don't respect the environment that he is seemingly allowing to take place. Uh, now I was saying earlier, the only thing I really don't like about this story is it seems like a lot of the original people and the anonymous ex employees, part of what they're lumping into this story is that part of what they're lumping into the story is that he was a, a hard ass to work with. And I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't like the fact that, you know, because that that kind of gives them a certain ammunition to say, well, you just are a disgruntled ex-employee. And that might be the case. They might not have liked that style. And so instantly now they're like, you know what? They, they paint it in a worse light than it is. Now, if, if you if if you'd asked me if I thought that Quantic was just the best place, great place to work, every workplace has issues like this. I never would have thought that this was any different from anywhere else being Activision or, or Ubisoft. But clearly, the head of this studio doesn't have as much respect for coworkers and for uh, other people, um, you know, other people that he works with to worry about that sort of thing. To him, it's, it's, it's almost like a work hard, play hard sort of mentality. And it's, I, I mean, I guess that's okay, but, but personally I'm more of a professional than that. Uh, so, um, let's see here. I just want to see, make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, yeah, not really. I, I don't, I don't think he's racist. I think that was way blown out of proportion because that seems like a really bad joke and bad taste. So, I mean, there's that, which the, uh, like the uh during that um <laughs> there's actually some more of the, the <laughs> there's some more uh, examples i want to say but uh like uh, there were two employees recounting an incident where cage was viewing the security footage and turned to an employee so it may not even have been the employee he turned to he might have been on a joking matter with that i i make jokes to dom and dave that may not be appropriate if somebody else were to hear them. They might really think bad of that. Now, again, I don't make those with customers in the store. We don't breed that environment at the store. In fact, we actively work against it. But people like to make jokes and people like to be funny. They might like to make other people laugh. So it is like you can understand how some of this can get out of hand very quickly, but how it could kind of begin in the first place. And so this was the last thing I want to talk about on this, but the so the best part of this entire piece comes directly when directly after that, when William Andera, the article's author notes that just behind David Cage. So he, so this is okay. He's he Cage talked to the, the article's author. Uh, they only saw the images considered when they were CC'd on emails containing a link to the folder. Lamonde spoke with Cage at Quantum where you argued the company is not a rock, a rugby locker room and sounds uh, which sounds like a play on our locker room talk. Uh, nonsense we had to deal with 2016. The best part of this entire piece, though, this is this is my favorite part. 
William Odero, the article's author, noted that just behind David Cage is a picture of a dick with balls dropping a fart. <laughs> so, so David Cage sits down to do this interview saying, we're not a, we're not a rugby locker room. We're professional. We take things like this very seriously. And behind him, <laughs> there's a picture of a dick with balls dropping a fart. I mean, how does David Cage, who's sitting down for an interview like this, not find a, a room in that entire office that doesn't have an inappropriate picture on it? It just, it makes, it's so stupid on so many levels, but it's, it's funny in the aspect of how stupid it is. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> that was, I just don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know, um, how, how he makes bad decisions like that. Uh, so going forward, I think there won't be much fallout from this. I don't really think there's a call to boycott them or boycott their games, but I think it's fair to look at him and go, well, he's no hero of mine. You know, I don't think he's a very good person. I think he makes bad jokes and I think he's has an inappropriate sense of humor, which I normally might find funny. But some of that stuff, you're always walking the line of what's appropriate and what's not, and it's stressful. Um, you know, and uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so apparently Lamond, I want to touch this last time, sorry. Lamond interviewed 15 former employees about their experience with the company. While Cage's work ethic is almost universally praised, his management style is not. In February of last year, an IT manager for the company was sent a cache of 600 photoshops featuring employee faces pasted on sometimes sexist or homographic homophobic imagery the earliest of which dates back to 2013 so but it was that's what i want to touch on they talked to 15 former employees and his work ethic was praised but his management style was not so again and and you can be a really good worker and not a really good manager that's 100 percent possible but that was my only real issue i think with this whole thing just felt like you talk to ex-employees and disgruntled employees you know you're not really getting the whole story talk to people anonymously who still work there i take a little bit more of that in as serious and then uh the last part of the podcast here i just want to touch upon was a follow-up to um let me close out some windows here geez uh it was a follow-up to the swatting incident that we talked about a couple weeks ago and um I guess it's kind of a good update, I guess. I don't think there's really much good that can come out of this story. But uh, so it was late last year, just as a refresher, Kansas resident Andrew Finch was killed by Wichita police when someone called 911 and stated that there was a hostage situation. Um, I, this is what we call swatting. Uh, and if you didn't hear that last article I did, basically you call and say that you're at a certain address, you have hostages and that you've killed somebody. And that gets the police to send a SWAT team after you. That's where the term swatting came from. Uh, it's something that is incredibly, um, more, uh, more used than it should be. And it typically used when people are watching, say streamers play and they're trying to get him swatted live on TV really crazy stuff so much so that big streamers have had to contact their local police departments and say here is like what i do people will will call and make false claims about me being this here's my address if you ever need to talk to me please just understand like let me come to the door and don't try to kill me please you know like that's basically what they have to do they have to like give a preface to their police department it's absolutely insane it's bonkers that this is even a thing um and now this incident began over a low stakes call of duty match that's what also makes us incredibly sad um when basically 
Two of the guys were arguing. One threatened to swat the other one. The other one dared him to, gave him an address. The address he gave him was an old address that now belonged to Andrew Finch, who was the one who was killed by the police. So a couple days after the murder, though, a Los Angeles resident named Tyler Ray Barris was arrested and extradited to Kansas in connection with the crime. Uh, Barris is the one who allegedly made the phone call to Wichita police. I also have to say this. I understand why they have to do it, but it really irritates me when everything is like allegedly he allegedly made the phone call. He, uh, until he gets tried, everything's allegedly it's so freaking irritating to me. Like when we you know you have somebody who like, like they caught, you know, the, even, I want to say the, the, the Las Vegas shooter, like after they like that was stopped and they, they busted in front of the room, they were still like the alleged shooter. Like he was the dude in the room with the guns. Like what's alleged about that. But I understand that if they don't say alleged they can get sued for like, you know, Oh, slander. It's so stupid. It's okay. So anyway, he is allegedly in air quotes, as big as my hands can do made the phone call to Wichita police. The LA times reported that Barris was charged in Sedgwick County court for involuntary manslaughter, causing false alarm and interfering with law enforcement. His bail was set at $500,000. So I'm just going to read this from uh, destructoid real quick. Cause they had the best summation of everything. The involuntary manslaughter is the most severe of the charges listed. Involuntary manslaughter is generally defined as killing. That's unlawful, but also unintentional. Um, Kansas's laws enacted by its state legislator. Involuntary manslaughter is listed as a felony security level five. Uh, it appears as though Barris, if found guilty, would face a maximum of 55 months in prison on that one charge with the possibility for parole after three years. So basically he's being charged. He is not yet convicted. He's being charged with involuntary manslaughter, which is actually what I kind of expected because he didn't have intent for a murder to happen, even though you could argue that I don't know what his intent was for that to happen, especially to that, you know, that person he didn't know. So I don't know if you could argue that, that he, he sent them intently to try to get the, I, I don't know. It gets, this is like lawyer talk and I can only deal with so much of it, but this is one of those things. It's so frustrating. Um, just how stupid it is, like how, how stupid and uncaring somebody could be. So I guess the question we have to ask ourselves then is, is involuntary manslaughter. So it's essentially four and a half years is the maximum he could get just over four and a half years in prison for the one charge. I'm not sure what the causing false alarm and interfering with law enforcement would be, but so he could realistically get four and a half years in jail for basically initiating what would lead to the death of this man. And I guess the question you have to ask yourselves ourselves is, is that enough? Is it too much? Is it not enough? Is it, is it too little to, is it right on? Is it too much? And I, I thought long and hard about this. I, I actually, on the drop cast last night, we talked a little bit about it. Um, and I feel like this is about what he should get. And I don't know how people are going to react to that. And I don't know if, if that's something that people are going to hate on me for. Um, but it's, I, I think it's appropriate. I don't, I wouldn't like to see him get out early, but I also don't think that someone should go to jail like this, like, like he murdered that person. And, and, and it does, it's a stupid mistake. It's something really, really stupid and he needs to pay for it. I think what has been suggested here is, is proper. I, I, I think this is right. And I, I, I think what'll end up happening is he'll probably take a plea deal 
go down to like a year or two in prison, pay some fines, community service, and then he'll be out. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I kind of like this four to five years in prison thing. It doesn't destroy his entire life, but it really gives him time to realize like the severity and the stupidity of his mistake. And if that's truly what would happen, unfortunately, this person, if, if the Twitter quotes were right, you could see some of his tweets after the event. And he was very unapologetic about how he didn't kill anybody. He didn't do anything. He's not at fault. Basically just pushing hundred percent of the blame just off. Um, now, obviously the police department is going to look into what happened that night as well. And they need to look into that and also do an investigation into what happened there. Were procedures followed properly? Did the officer, was the officer on shaky ground? Like what, what happened there to make that uh, an issue? And I know they are, and I know that's something and they need to handle that. And unfortunately it just, it's a process. But as far as what we know right now, this guy got, uh, you know, is, is accused of, uh, involuntary manslaughter. Hopefully he gets the book thrown at him. I would really like to see him get the maximum and have to, and have to enforce it. And, um, I just, I don't know. I, I can't say it enough, but this guy frustrates the hell out of me. I mean, this guy is just a piece of work and man, he's just so stupid, you know? And I, I just, I want to know that he feels regret, I guess. And I don't know if we'll see him talk at all in the courthouse or we'll see a statement from him. But I'd like to see a little bit of like regret in that he shouldn't have done it. Now, the other question we could ask ourselves is what happens to the other guy who kind of goaded him into it and then gave him the false address? Is that person at all uh, to blame? I have to be honest. I don't think so. Because I, one, I don't think he was going to do it. And two, he didn't want it to happen. And, and obviously, this was one of the most ridiculous cases of what we call a pissing contest ever. One guy's trying to act tougher than the other. Neither wants to back down. Let's escalate it. And someone's dead because of that. I mean, just like think of that for a second. Like someone lost their life because two people were fighting over Call of Duty. You know, and I know that's an oversimplification, but that's really how you can break it down. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but I, I think it seems fair to me and it seems just. And I hope that uh, and I hope that he gets the book thrown at him because and I really hope more than anything that this sort of behavior is now looked at as to be a negative and that people will no longer even think that swatting is an option. Get that out of your head. And unfortunately, you know what makes me mad about that, though, is the thought that someone got killed because of it is not what would cause people not to do it. It had to be someone getting put in jail for that that's going to make people realize they shouldn't do it. And that's what's really upsetting to me because people should have known as soon as someone died doing this, it's over. This is not a joke. This is not a game. This is not funny. It's over. But it took. it's going to take someone getting in serious trouble and being thrown in jail for those people to be like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Because they don't regret, they regret being caught. They don't regret doing it. They regret getting caught. And that's just a sign of really, really screwed up people that feel no remorse for that sort of thing. And I hope that he does feel remorse. And I just, I can't say that he doesn't because I don't know. But I hope he does. And, and I hope he learns a lesson. And I hope he will come out and actually try to convince people of how terrible this is. Like if he could come out and be like, part of his sentence should be that. Like he has to, like, he could use his community service to go like talk to high school kids and be like, you know what? Sometimes we think stuff's funny some, and it's not, you know, because of something I did, this happened and, and he could take ownership over it. He could turn this as much into a positive as he could. And I'd like to see him do that. I really hope he could do that, but I really doubt he will. Uh, and that's really the end of the podcast, everybody. Um, I don't really have much else to say. Let's talk about a game recommendation today, maybe. Um, 
Um, you know, let's see. I'm going to talk a little bit about Mass Effect, I think, today. So, there's four Mass Effect games, really. Three, well, there's four Mass Effect games. There's three games, really. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Andromeda, the new one's very eh. If you don't play it, don't worry about it. No love lost. But the first three Mass Effect games actually quickly became one of my favorite franchises ever. It's second only to Metal Gear uh, because of how well it told an incredibly interesting uh, space opera. So you've got uh, sci-fi RPG elements. You've got great... Uh, you actually talk with people. You make relationships with your team. It's very cool stuff. And uh, I love the game immensely. The first one was a little rough around the edges. It was more of an RPG than it was a game, uh, an action game. But it, it was kind of open world. You could go to areas in different times. You made decisions that affected. The coolest part about it, though, was that your save game carried over to the next game. All the decisions you made carried over. Your your decisions, uh, your character, everything carried over. And so you had this connection to these characters because you were building it over the course of multiple games. Uh, the second game was a... Uh, the second game was more action oriented. EA kind of stepped in and said, "Hey, like let's 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 speed up the pace a little bit." And they did. And actually that did not hurt the game in my opinion. It actually made the action sequences more action, but then the the everything else was still there, the RPG elements, the story, the exploration, the all that stuff was still there, the relationships you build with your team. Um, Mass Effect 2, obviously no spoilers, Mass Effect 2 starts in such an incredible way. And it was like it was able to hit the reset button without hitting it. it. It's it was such an ingenious way of of starting a game over without starting it over, and uh, very good. Introduced new characters that were all very interesting. Brought back old characters that were very interesting, and then Mass Effect Three. If you haven't heard, Mass Effect Three gets a lot of flack. <laughs> Mass Effect Three gets dumped on a lot because it had an ending that was very weird and very unexpected and very lame in a lot of people's opinions so which i would agree with however mass effect 3's ending is not the ending to mass effect mass effect 3 the entire game is the end of the mass effect trilogy in my opinion so when you put those three games together or that entire game of part three it makes just an incredible it makes just an incredible um finale and yes the last 15 minutes were turds but the 35, 40 hours I put into the game before that were amazing. And I always respect the game for that. Uh, so if you've never played it, it's very, very good. I highly recommend it. You can get the trilogy on 360 and PS3 uh, or PC, obviously. And uh, otherwise, um, 360, you can get all three discs physical separately. That's where it actually debuted as Mass Effect 1 debuted as an Xbox exclusive. Later came to, uh, later came to PS3 once um, EA bought out Bioware. Because Microsoft actually, I believe, published the first uh, first Mass Effect on 360. So then on PS3, the only way to get a physical Mass Effect 1 is to actually buy the trilogy. Or you can obviously download them digitally. But the games are pretty cheap, too. They're only like 5 or 10 bucks a piece. It's an incredible series of games for that price. Highly recommended. In fact, I'm very surprised that they did not do a Mass Effect trilogy for PS4 and for Xbox One. I'm, I'm very surprised at that. Most likely because... Bioware was working on Mass Effect Andromeda, which sucked, and then uh, the other studio was working on Anthem, so I guess they probably just didn't have time to do that, but I'm very surprised EA didn't find someone to port the trilogy uh, to PS4. Um, but the ports to PS3 were kind of janky, so maybe it was like jank on jank on jank, and you just couldn't have it, but Anyway, highly recommended, everybody. Go check out Mass Effect. As always, I really appreciate you guys listening. I know I say it every week, but I do truly mean it. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
if you could mash that subscribe button or if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, it is so appreciated. And if you want to, you can go to droprate.life and subscribe to the Droprate Life channel there. That takes you to our YouTube page or just... You know, just do a, a YouTube search for the drop rate and you'll see like uh, the, the yellow and gray logo. And that's us. And we broke 600 subs, uh, which makes me very, very happy. And we're just keep on cranking. You know, like we just keep grinding away and we're trying to gain a couple subs every day. And and, um, you know, eventually I would love to get to a thousand by our year end mark, which is the end of April. That would be a full year that we've been doing this. And I think a thousand subs in a year would be really, really impressive. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get there. That would be really, really impressive to me. Uh, but in any case, I always appreciate you guys listening. Love doing this for you. Hope you still love listening. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.